What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. guys welcome to this week's episode of the inside line formula 1 podcast so we walked into the studio to record this episode after just watching kimi raikkonen's epic reaction on whether or not he's in touch with mclaren for a drive in 2019 like crazy stuff yes mclaren uh, are going from letting their performance do the talking uh, to relying on excessive pr to keep themselves in the limelight Yeah but before we discuss this further guys welcome to this week's episode we're in the middle of the triple header exciting stuff for us formula 1 fans and we're just like shocked by the number of news that's out there Yes it is actually great to be back on the inside line formula 1 podcast we had Romain Grosjean on the episode last week we really hope you tuned in as well and uh, before we discuss uh, any further Let me remind you Mithila that Toto Wolf hasn't said too much this week so I am pretty excited to know what you've got in your what wolf said this week section Yeah Kunal I mean you're not alone I think all our fans are dying to listen to like the funniest section of our podcast uh but guys you'll have to be a little patient I will bring that up soon So back to McLaren if rumors are to be believed Daniel Ricardo and Kimi Raikkonen will be driving for them in 2019 This means that Stoffel Vandoorne would be out and Fernando Alonso would then be confirmed of going to drive in the IndyCar championships and maybe that with a McLaren as well. And let me put it this way, I think Alonso's got a lot of clout in the team like we all know. He kicked out Honda and he brought in Renault and uh, personally I think that Alonso will race in the Indy with McLaren which is good for Alonso because you know they will field the team and absorb the costs. Uh, of uh, an IndyCar championship drive and if and when McLaren have a winning car in Formula 1 Alonso could then have an arrangement that he would be back to fight for titles <laughs> Kunal it sounds very convenient but I don't know how old Fernando Alonso will be then <laughs> I think that's the only concern <laughs> but you know honestly this will be very unfortunate for Stoffel Vandoorne I'm just thinking that this shows that even to be noticed in Formula 1 you need a half decent car Well, not if you're Charles Leclerc, though. I mean, you see how he's flourished in a Sauber. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, too many topics open right now. Let's first go with McLaren, Alonso, Raikkonen, Ricardo, and I feel that McLaren are being ambitious uh, to think that they can afford and actually attract a top-running driver at the moment. And for 2019, they're looking at two top drivers. And uh, let me also put it this way the rule changes for 2019 aren't too significant uh, for for a new team to come out on top and dominate for example for McLaren Yeah and then of course McLaren's Fredo might not be chocolate enough for the team to deliver better <laughs> <laughs> I mean come on guys you all can do so much better I'm thinking Reese's pieces because they come in like orange colored wrappers too you know hint hint <laughs> Well that is some motivating inputs from our in studio motivation guru Mithila. I hope you're really listening Zach Brown He's because He's always listening don't <laughs> worry. Yeah. 
So back to the driver talk. Kimi Raikkonen. I doubt he's thinking of a future beyond Ferrari, to be honest. Unless, of course, Mika Hakkinen plays a role to bring him to McLaren. Just that now in this case, it would be bringing him back to McLaren. Yeah, you know, Kunal, I actually grew up idolizing Kimi Raikkonen in McLaren colors. Uh, back then, they were the silver arrows, obviously. But I would love to see Raikkonen stay back in Formula One. And I don't mind him in an orange car and suit, you know, if that's what it takes to keep him here. Yes, especially after all those missed chances, thanks to Ferrari. He's probably used to having missed chances in racing. <laughs> Doesn't matter which car or team it may be. On to Daniel Ricciardo. I think he'd be foolish to make a switch from Red Bull Racing because uh, at the moment, it, think, it, it seems to me that Red Bull Racing might be his best bet for 2019. And that, that's because of lack of options. And what's worse is that Helmut Marco and Red Bull Racing know this as well. Yeah, and but in this case, I really hope that Red Bull Racing doesn't get him too cheap. I mean, he's amazing and he's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helmut Marco said that Red Bull Racing is closer to Ricardo's contract extension than ever before. And I really wonder what this means because does this mean that they read like a paragraph a day in terms of their contract negotiations? Because what <laughs> does closer mean? I mean, it's either one way or the other. Either Ricardo wants to extend or not. And if he does want to do so, what his salary would be. <laughs> and then, of course, there is Red Bull Racing. They will negotiate on his salary and probably the duration of his contract as well. But I'm not sure it takes like months in this case to to agree on a contract. Yeah, you know, and honestly, it's the same with Lewis Hamilton. We're closer than ever before. <laughs> I don't know, Hamilton is wanting to report how many hairstyle changes he'll be allowed next season or something like <laughs> ridiculous like that. But Kunal, I'm going to talk about someone really sensible now, Charles Leclerc. You know, I'd love to see Ferrari do a Red Bull racing style promotion for Leclerc. Like That would be the absolute dream. And I think in that case, Leclerc would have a chance to do a Verstappen. Though in the context of this season, I'm not sure if it's a good thing anymore. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Below the belt, but uh, I think Formula One's used to it by now. <laughs> so are our listeners. But just when everyone thought that a talent like Max Verstappen would come like once in a decade, along came Charles Leclerc. And I tell you, Verstappen versus Leclerc is very much the future of Formula One. And also, let me put it this way, that and I know I'm going to get a lot of brick bats and hate mail for this, but if you were to make a record of the first eight races that both Leclerc and Verstappen drove and raced in Formula 1, Leclerc has actually outperformed Max Verstappen. Wow. Okay. So I'll tell you the maths that I quickly did. Back in 2015, Verstappen had scored points twice out of the first eight races. Of course, he had a lot of exciting races. The Toro Rosso was actually quicker than Sauber. It scored double the points. And I actually am reading the statistics, guys. Yeah, Kunal, that's really interesting. And Charles Leclerc, so he scored points four times in eight races and that too in a Sauber. Like, that's the unbelievable part. And I think quick mental math says that Verstappen had 13 points and Leclerc had 11. So it's Pretty evenly matched in that sense. Yes, I think talent-wise, they are evenly matched. Or we won't know till we actually see them going wheel-to-wheel and, you know, equal racing cars, so to say. But I tell you where they seem different to me. Leclerc is yet to show signs of immaturity. And, okay, apart from extremely apologetic radio messages at the start of the season, I don't think he's put a foot wrong yet. 
he seems more calm and he's actually allowing success and the results to come to him rather than going and chasing them up front and i say this after having interviewed him at the spanish grand prix well said kunal but i think honestly it's going to be hard for me to argue after the start of the season that max verstappen has had but for the last few races he's really kept things in check and red bull racing said that they've worked hard to contain him so i think all is well for now <laughs> <laughs> well i honestly didn't check if yours were stappen was in france though so <laughs> i'm going to go back and do a track back but for all those uh, uh, you know who are interested in charles leclerc i'm actually going to play a very interesting bite of my interview with him from spain he uh, he actually told us how he and sauber have turned things around for themselves this season so here's a quick bite and we'll speak to you after that do you believe uh you're more comfortable and is that why it's helping you deliver better results now yeah definitely from baku uh, since we changed the approach on the car setup uh, and on the weekend overall i did a big step forward and i could really feel that i could push the limit more and yeah and and we brought this approach also here in barcelona and and yeah and it works also here so it's a uh, yeah it's a uh, very good can you explain what this change in approach is so that you know we can we can tell the fans what you've actually done and how you've grown in just like the fifth race i mean in the first two races the car was very uh, quite unpredictable quite on the nose and at the end uh, yeah we changed that uh, by making a car that is a little bit easier to drive and uh, with the rear more stable and and this has helped us and it also helps that you've gained more experience in formula 1 because first few races it seemed like you were still getting a hang of it and maybe the car was driving you but are you is is that now changed to you driving the car yeah i think as i said the biggest change has been on the approach of the setup on the first two races it was a very difficult car to take around on the on the fast lap and i did not really have the confidence to push um and yeah i was doing a lot of mistakes because also it was very unpredictable and then we improved that and now i can push as much as i want and uh and and yeah it feels good i feel like the car is uh, is getting better so one more thing about charles leclerc that i want to point out about from the french grand prix is that he probably learned the circuit better than a lot of other drivers and that's why he could deliver the kind of performances we saw in qualifying and that that's mm. another you know speaks volumes of his talent that's a really good point but um, i'll tell you uh, one more driver that red bull racing should have worked hard in containing and that's sebastian vettel but of course that is ferrari's headache now <laughs> i mean i defended vettel's attempt to snatch the lead from the mercedeses in baku but his first lap first corner syndrome was back in action at the french grand prix and it's actually ridiculous how he bumped botas off the circuit and took both of them off podium potential. Yeah, and I think it was even more ridiculous that he was awarded a 5 second grid penalty. 5 seconds. Like I think they were way too lenient with him. Yes, that's why it's called the Ferrari International del Automobile or whatever <laughs> they call it. Yeah, but honestly, it's time for Ferrari to calm Vettel down again. I think given his race pace, he was in contention to beat at least one of the Mercedes cars. But anyway, like let's see what he's got in store in Austria, I guess. Yes, I think the differently treaded Pirelli tires are also making a difference in this whole Mercedes versus Ferrari and we, and we know that Mercedes prefers the thin treaded tire and that's what was used in Spain and France and we know the result. 
Yeah, okay. So, on to Austria. So, we know that Mercedes is uh, bringing a massive aero upgrade to the circuit. Uh, Kunal, I'm really fascinated by this battle of in-season updates, you know, damn exciting to follow. Yes, and Red Bull Racing claim that they too will get qualifying mode from Renault's power unit, but they will actually not be using Renault's upgraded MGUK at their home race. So, Kunal, Lewis Hamilton had a very funny upgrade. So, he upgraded his CV, and this is days before the Austrian Grand Prix. It now reads, sang along with Christina Angulera. And this is, obviously, he got himself listed under a pseudonym, but still... If this was a secret, how the hell did news get out? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, I, I tell you. <laughs> well, PR agents at their best, I guess. But I tell you, the one person who could get a mid-season upgrade, that is Charles Leclerc. So, very funny news again. Dutch television has reported that Nicholas Prost, Alan Prost's son who hasn't or didn't make it to Formula 1, could or would quit Renault's Formula E team. They have only one E-Pre left, which is in New York sometime next week or something, where uh, Renault's going to be replaced and be called Nissan next season. Romain Grosjean would take Prost's seat at Nissan next year or next season, which would then mean that Charles Leclerc would have the opportunity to take the vacated seat at Haas. So, My God, <laughs> I really wonder how people come up with such stuff. Like some really creative minds out there. But Kunal, now I'm really inspired. So I'm going to make my like uh, fanciful F1 story. <laughs> so I think that Lewis Hamilton will quit Formula 1 by the end of the year. And he's going to become a full-time um, Tommy Hilfiger fanboy. Okay, that's my prediction. Ouch. And Alonso will come to Mercedes. Botas will beat him and retire with one world championship. <laughs> Hello, Nico Rosberg. And then wait for it. Ocon will join Alonso in Mercedes and beat him too. Okay, that's that's crazy, but what the hell. And uh, by then we'll have rule changes and we will finally see that Mercedes is not dominating the sport any longer. <laughs> I could go on, but I'm going to stop. And I think by this time, at least Fernando Alonso would have won the Indy 500. So he would get the triple crown if not the Formula 1 Drivers' Championship or his third Formula 1 Drivers' Championship. But at the French Grand Prix, or rather the French Grand Prix to me was proof that Fernando Alonso is actually Fernando Alonso's biggest official fan yet. I know, he just went on and on and on and on about his limo win and the triple crown and, oh my God, he's still talking, make him stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's single-handedly trying to make sure that the Triple Crown seems more popular uh, than the World Drivers' Championship in Formula 1. and ah, that he's yet talking! <laughs> <laughs> and that he's the only driver attempting it, so it is actually something very exclusive and, of course, elusive. And it is, I mean, let's admit it, right? But uh, here's a real story about Sebastian Vettel that really had me touched. So, in France, in France... He stayed uh, about eight kilometers away from the circuit in a hotel because uh, the hotel that was closest to the circuit charged like two and a half thousand euros per night and 80 euros for a sandwich. And there's something so humble and awesome about Vettel. And I wonder where this personality of his goes when he sees a gap on track. <laughs> Especially in the braking zone, he almost always ends up getting it wrong on the first lap, first corner or whatever else. But 
Um, I've been wanting to talk about Sergio Perez's Mercedes engine failure from fa- from France. I don't know why I can't say France, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is the upgraded Mercedes engine that we're talking about. And I'm sure Mercedes are worried about reliability issues as well. And I think the only time fans will notice uh, a Mercedes engine failure is when Lewis Hamilton has one. And the chances are that when he would have one, he could be leading the race. So I really hope that something unfortunate that doesn't happen. Ouch, yes, for sure. <laughs> Sorry, Rishabh Ray, I know you're listening, but I'm not jinxing any of Lewis Hamilton's luck uh, for this weekend or for, that, for, for, the, for this year, for that matter. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to talk about Carlos Sainz. So he's beaten Nico Hulkenberg back-to-back in the last two races. And he's also said that he'd love to stay another year at Renault. What's he smoking? (laughs) I mean, which driver in their sane mind would choose Renault over Red Bull Racing? I mean, none of this makes sense to me, but... Well, the other point I would like to talk about is that a Formula 1 banning virtual garages or the war rooms or the mission-controlled rooms that teams have at their factories. I think this is another silly move to cut costs. And honestly, more than cutting costs, uh, you know, the Liberty Media FI group would be taking away the technological edge that Formula One has over everything else. And I've been inside a mission control room and I can tell you that it's really high tech. And like Otmar or Force India said, the investments have already been made. So banning them makes zero sense, especially from a cost-cutting point of view. Yeah, that's a real pity. And, you know, Kunal, I'm just still thinking about Carlos Sainz and trying to understand what's going on there. And I'm wondering if he actually doesn't want to race alongside uh, Verstappen. Nah, I don't think that's it true. Is, never know. <laughs> but I'll tell you, your answer to your question, what's he smoking? He's currently smoking Pirelli tyres. So <laughs> that's unfortunately the, the, the standard of the grid, as we'd call it. Okay, guys. So on to my favourite and your favourite section of our podcast. Uh, what Toto Wolf said this week. So Wolf said that the top three engines are equally matched. I don't believe it. I don't believe he believed it either. He just like <laughs> spoke for the heck of it and to give us content for this section. So thank you, Toto. I wonder if he actually made this statement after Red Bull Racing signed up with the fourth fastest team on the grid, Honda. Clearly, they're not in the top three as well. But by the way, there's a new Wolf to follow as team principal. Susie Wolf has joined Venturi Formula E as the team principal. Basically, two of Williams' ex-drivers have joined Formula E and that too with Venturi. So I'm guessing this is a cue for Lawrence Stroll. He's just got to go out there and buy one of these teams pretty soon because they're pretty cheap these days. And maybe we'll see Lance Stroll up there. <laughs> <laughs> He'll go for a Stroll and a Formula E car. That sounds pretty good. And we know what that means on the podcast. So honestly, I think the Strolls could just buy the series and make Lance the series champion. And that too, a champion of a series that is full of ex-Formula 1 drivers. So <laughs> all of this would make sense for the Stroll family. But but I am going to end this week's episode with two more news pieces from the McLaren camp. And both of them are actually funny. First, Eric Boulier said that McLaren needs works team status to win a world title. Now, isn't that what Ron Dennis said many, many years ago? And isn't that why you talked Honda into coming back into Formula 1? 
But this isn't why you actually kicked Honda out of Formula One, or rather your Formula One partnership last season, Eric. So, strange piece of news coming from McLaren. The second piece of news is that McLaren have said that they do not know what's actually going wrong with their car and that they can't find any problems in their wind tunnel data. Which means that they're going to have to do all the hard track about finding the problem on track. <laughs> you know, honestly, these days it is tough for McLaren to find excuses. I don't think they can blame the power unit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go back to what Renault said and that of using Red Bull Racing as a very good benchmark for themselves and of course for McLaren. So all McLaren need to do is copy everything that Red Bull does on their car. And they don't have the camo livery or the camouflage livery during the season anyway. So, <laughs> Okay, so Kunal, what are your predictions for the 2018 Austrian Grand Prix? Well, I'm predicting that all three teams will have a driver each on the podium. Okay, that's very, very generic. <laughs> I need to know names. <laughs> I'd go with Vettel, Hamilton and Ricciardo or Ricardo, And I think that the Pirelli tyres will be the difference. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go with Hamilton, Verstappen and Vettel. I think Vettel is going to lose a little more ground to Hamilton before the summer break. And of course, Mercedes's upgrades will work like magic. That's what I expect. But that's exactly what we know and Mercedes know. And everyone knows that they should expect from Mercedes's upgrade. You know, this German precision in their dominance. It's only when, uh, you know, Ferrari's time or turn to dominate comes... We know that they're going to make a mess of it somewhere. So we still keep getting hooked on. But thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. It's a triple header of Formula One. We are really hoping that you're enjoying this dose of Formula One races. We will see you after the Austrian Grand Prix and just before the British Grand Prix. Adios. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger, for the ones who get it done.